BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Greetings, my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth and justice, believers in peace, freedom and the American way. Tom Hartman here with you. I just tweeted uh, GOP. In other words, this is them speaking to you. Quote, we borrowed one point five trillion in your children's name. We transferred over three and a half trillion up from working people to the top point oh oh one percent, all to give over five trillion dollars to our morbidly rich Republican donors. But we also gave you a hundred bucks. So what the hell are you whining about? All right, let's get the opinion of somebody who's right in the middle of this whole scrum and really knows what's going on. It's Wednesday. It's our first hour. It's Middays with Mark. Congressman Mark Pocan on the line with us, taking your calls for the hour at 202-808-9925. Congressman Pocan is the co-chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus. He represents the state of Wisconsin in the the U.S. House of Representatives. And uh, pocan.house.gov is the website, and you can tweet him at Rep. Mark Pocan. Congressman, welcome back. Thanks, Tom. Glad to be here. Great to have you with us. And I should say, you know, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever is appropriate for you and yours, uh, because I guess next week you're going to be off. Uh, I'll be here, but you you won't be. And then then you'll be back with us right after the first of the year, right? Yeah, because we're back in session on January 3rd. I think we're uh, doing the program a day later on the 4th. Okay, great. I'll be flying. But, uh, no, Happy Holidays to you and all your listeners. Thank you. So... uh, What's at the top of your uh, of your mind right now? There's so much going on. You know, I'll tell you, um, this really is a low point for uh, a Congress that's been a low point in our nation's history. You know, when they uh, can get nothing done all year, they try to take away health insurance from people. They can't uh, get health insurance to kids. They can't fund community clinics. They can't extend Perkins loans that expired on September 30th. They can't do uh, funding government more than a couple weeks at a time. Uh, They're basically incapable of governing, even though they're in charge of every branch of government. Yet, the thing they can rally around uh, is taking money from uh, people who are in the middle class and aspiring to be in the middle class, moving it upward uh, to the top, uh, the most wealthy, the top 1% and a fraction of that 1%. And uh, they can high-five and be very excited about tax cuts that uh, by the time we reach uh, 2027, um, 83% of all the money will be going to the top 1%. That's what they did this week. And they're high-fiving as if they just saved the planet. And instead, uh, they really uh, are doing a lot to destroy, I think, the middle class. Yeah. And but, you know, there's a bunch of members of Congress who are going to benefit tremendously from these pass throughs, the corker kickback, essentially, the, the you know, the 
This is going to help, uh, including Paul Ryan, actually. He's got pass-through income. It's to the tune of over a million bucks a year, I think. Or no, yeah, I guess it's a couple hundred thousand for Paul Ryan. Back to you. Yeah, I'm sorry. But, it's, but it's, it's, I mean, Corker had, I think, with seven million in income and that type of uh, right. special provision that he didn't know how it got added when he switched his vote. Um, right. You know, just the idea that, you know, you can't do something to enrich yourself by every other ethics rule we have. But when it comes to this, because it's overall tax stuff, they're, they're porking it up with everything that they have money in and they're taking care of themselves. I mean, over half of my colleagues are millionaires. I'm not saying that that, that is a bad in and of itself, but if you are then voting yourself a tax break on the investments that you have at the expense of everyone else, you know, uh, the working poor will see basically nothing. The middle class will see a small increase in many cases for a certain amount of time, and then they're going to have a bump, uh, and the, the, they all expire. And then the tax cuts for the wealthiest and corporations uh, go on into perpetuity uh, or until we change the faces of Congress maybe in 2018 and 2020. Right. Yeah, and that's got to be job one. The other big thing that's happened in the last week or so is uh, the former lawyer for Verizon, Ajit Pai, who uh, Donald Trump promoted to chair of the FCC, uh, led that agency in striking down on a three to two party line vote, the three male Republicans versus the two female Democrats, uh, you know, on the board of the FCC. I'm not sure gen- what gender has to do with it, but I think it's interesting. Um, yeah, it, it seems like all Republicans will appoint to anything these days are white men, particularly right. the judiciary. Um, but in any case, uh, I guess Ajit Pai is the exception to that. He's, he's uh, Indian ancestry, but, but in, you know, and, and good on him. Uh, but but uh, he destroyed net neutrality. I mean, you know, it's it's like so the the it looks like the only hope to restore net neutrality is Congress. Do you, do you see anything happening from from yeah, the body yeah, that you're a member of? Say, the fight is not completely over. It's certainly there's a dark cloud. Um, there's a couple different bills introduced by Sean Maloney out of New York and Beto O'Rourke out of Texas, who's actually running against Ted Cruz. But the one that's I think. The, the one that we should really focus especially on right now is the congressional uh, resolution of disapproval that uh, Mike Doyle in the House and uh, Ed Markey in the Senate have introduced. And, you know, people should rally around this because um, we can put pressure. I've had, and I made a mistake last week, Tom, and i got to apologize. I think I told you I had over 4,500 contacts against what they were doing and none for it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm mistaken. I had over 6,500 contacts against it and zero for it. I was off by wow. 2,000 contacts. Wow. That, it, that's across every congressional district. Uh, it's only going to benefit Verizon and AT&T and the other big companies, Comcast, uh, that uh, got this provision put in there. So this is one where people power. I still believe we can put some real pressure on a 2018 election year uh, to try to get something done. So, you know, rather than uh, have us be all down and, and morose about what happened, I think we need to organize around trying to get Congress to do something. You know, a broken clock is right twice a day. Congress could maybe be right twice next year. Let's see if we can make this one of those. Yeah, it would be a fine thing. Anything else on your on your plate or that you would like to talk about before we pick up phone calls, or you want to go you know, right to the calls? Just a small one. I, Jerry Nadler is a friend of mine in Congress from New York State, a, a, one of the best members we have in our progressive caucus. And he just today, the caucus elected him our ranking member on the Judiciary Committee to fill John Conyers' slot. And I just want to you know let everyone know, congratulations. Jerry is a, a rock-solid progressive. He will be outstanding in that position, and I think that's something else to be able to celebrate. That is great news. That's that's very good news. 
Okay, we got two minutes until we hit a break. Let's uh, pick up a call from Randy sure. in Ottawa, Iowa. Randy, you are on the air with Congressman Pocan. Hi, I'm uh, Congressman Pocan and Tom. Um, I'll get right to it. It's going to take me a minute to outline this. Uh, yesterday, uh, there was a uh, Congressman Cole from Oklahoma who testified that he was invested in 12 corporations and two of them left the United States because of tax, the tax rate. And uh, it has that came out through uh, Congressman Sessions from Texas, and it came out through Congressman Brady yesterday, as well as uh, the senators and congressmen are blaming Democrats for the sequestering and the uh, – uh, not sequestering the uh, yeah sequestering and uh, uh, what will uh, be a tax back of funds what will be a cut to, cut to on. Medicare yeah and they're blaming yeah they're blaming they're blaming the the Democrats for a Republican economy for what they did yeah and uh, so, so Randy can you get to your question real quick please because we just have forty yeah, seconds left I mean, what can the Democrats do are they just going to sit there and let these Republicans lie. And there's, they've got no – because the media won't do anything. They don't call them on it. Congressman? Yeah, I'll tell you. You know, Randy, I, I was having this comment with my husband. You know, we're we watching the news, the, the mainstream corporate media not push back on these lies. There's so many lies when it comes to the tax stuff. The good news is the American people are smarter than the Republicans think they are. So they can see that these are enriching themselves. They're going to learn. They don't like this tax bill. Even though they're told they're going to get a little tax cut, they know that with a $1.4 trillion uh, added to the deficit, they're going to pay for that somehow. It's not going to be those big corporations. So the good news is even though we are fighting the corporate media on this, I think the Democrats do need to take the gloves off a little more. But I'm seeing it. And on this issue, better yet, the public is seeing it. And they're ahead of, again, the elected officials. And I think that's going to be a benefit in 2018 and will have a real impact in the election. There you go. Congressman Mark Pocan taking your calls for the hour. It's Middays with Mark here on the Tom Harbin program. We'll be back with your calls for Congressman Pocan right after this. You can check out his website, Pocan, P-O-C-A-N.house.gov. Uh, and you can tweet him at Rep, R-E-P, Mark Pocan. This is the Tom Hartman program. Your calls for Congressman Pocan right after this. Pocan on the line with us taking your calls for the hour. And Brett in Minneapolis, Minnesota, you are on the air with Congressman Pocan. Hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. Hope you all have a great new year. Congressman, I was hoping you could shed some light on how the progression of the Butch Lewis Act, which is helping a lot of the multi-employer pension plans. Yeah, Brett, so I, I, there, there's a provision out there that I know um, Teamsters and some other unions have been putting out there trying to fix um, the, the, the pension crisis, I think, that we have. Um, and I, I, one point we were hoping that that would get added to any kind of continuing resolution. As of this morning, it looks like the Republicans are going to put aside their plans to you know, try to fund defense for the rest of the year and then bump everything else for three weeks. It looks like they're, they're going to try to realize they're leaving on what they think is a high note on the tax plan, and they're just going to continue funding for a few weeks, maybe do a separate bill on disaster funding, and then a separate bill on FISA. Um, so I'm not sure if it'll get added, because as a standalone bill, as you know, it's very difficult to get some of these, these fixes in that we absolutely need to so we don't bankrupt the fund. 
even larger, if you don't mind, Brett, I mean, we have to do something about pensions across the board, not just the multi-employer ones. While that's a very much a, a crisis right now, we're, we're running into a much bigger crisis of people not having uh, pensions and money put aside in the future. And I think, you know, Democrats need to be more vocal and talk about that as a real issue because it's going to have a real impact 10, 20 years down the road. Yeah. Barney in St. Clair Shores, Michigan, listening on Sirius XM. Barney, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Oh, hey, Tom. Uh, how are you, Tom, and Congressman Pocan? Great. What's, Great. Up? What's your question? Right. Listen, um, very quickly, um, Congressman, do you think that I, I cannot recur, consider Republicans Republicans anymore? They are Republicans and they are Nazis, and they are literally all of them malignant tumors to the uh, existence of this country. Um, and do you think that they're going to renew the CHIP program? Children's Health Insurance Program. I'm sorry? I was just saying Children's Health Insurance Program for people who didn't know what CHIP stands for. Excuse me, Barney. Right, right. Or do you, right. Or do you think they're going to let them get sick and die? I would not be surprised to find that they will do the latter. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, Barney, I, I try to be a silver lining guy. And I think there are some Senate Republicans especially that um, are committed to having CHIP uh, be reauthorized. I think the concern we should have is do they try to do any cuts along the way with that reauthorization? Just like on Perkins loans, we're walk- watching the higher education reauthorization go through the House, and they devastate student loan programs uh, with that bill that they put out there. Because, again, when half of my colleagues are multimillionaires, their kids aren't the kids who are affected or their grandkids. It's, you know, someone else's. So, you know, I'm, I'm, we have to watch it very closely. We have to continue to fight for it. But I am optimistic that there are enough Senate Republicans of goodwill who realize this is an important program that will get a reauthorization. What we've got to watch for is are there cuts to it. Cassandra in Middleton, Wisconsin. Cassandra, you are on the air with Congressman Pocan. Hi, thank you for taking my call. It is so nice um, to speak with you. And... Um, and um, Mr. Pocan, he's my um, representative in Congress, and I wish I could say that I am calling you today um, um, to be very friendly, but I'm not. I have to say I am just extremely frustrated with our um, with the Democratic Party right now, especially the House. Why support this continuing resolution? What? Well, the Democrats gain from it, and I just do not understand it. And people are just getting really frustrated. We understand the Democratic Party. We are in the minority, but I just don't feel that the party is just fighting the good fight. There is just not enough fight in it. If you, if you agree to this continuing resolution, you are losing any kind of um, negotiating power. If you're going to sign it, why not put some demands on the table other than DACA? Repeal those corporate tax cuts. Require Trump to release his taxes so we know he's not enriching himself from this newly passed tax plan. And also pass CHIP and shore up ACA. And I'll listen offline to to your comments. Thank Thank you you very much. Sure, Cassandra, and Cassandra's right down the road here in Middleton. Um, Cassandra, in general, I agree with what you say. I'm one of the people who um, signed the letter very early on when there weren't many of us saying we're not going to vote for another continuing resolution unless we solve DACA. 
because in that case, I, I you know I think Trump only did what he did was to try to gain leverage, and we you know shouldn't uh, hurt 800,000 people uh, just for that partisan of reasons. Um, I think on some issues, like you're not going to change the corporate tax cuts they just did. That's probably not realistic at any level that that's going to happen. But you're right, we do have the leverage. Now, I think in this particular case, this may be a Republican vote only or largely Republican vote continuing resolution for a couple weeks. So we may have this chance to have this debate again in January, which will be the more significant one. But I agree. I mean, this is the one thing that generally, if you have a real continuing resolution that really spends money, they need Democratic votes, which means we have leverage. And up to this point, we've done it to try to stop bad things. But look, they just did a really bad thing this week. Uh, we need to be able to at least get things like CHIP and DACA and uh, student loans and other things taken care of. And we need to hold back our votes until we get that. So in general, Cassandra, I, I agree we need to have more leverage and use it. You're listening leverage. to the I Tom Hartman Program. Call 202-808-9925. We'll be back with more of your calls for Congressman Pocan right after this. When was the last time you looked forward to sitting at your desk all day? Since getting my new X chair, not only am I enjoying the time spent in my desk much more than ever, but I can't believe how much more productive I'm being. My X chair is unbelievably stylish, and thanks to all the ways that you can personalize it, it literally molds itself to my body. Trust me, this is not your grandfather's office chair. And because I don't need to keep having to take breaks or to stretch my back, I'm getting more done in a day than ever before. If you spend a lot of time in your office chair every day, then you need to try the X chair. In fact, here's a terrific deal just for my listeners. The makers of X-Chair want you to feel the X-Chair difference for yourself. So if you go to xchairtom.com, that's the letter X, chair, T-H-O-M.com, not only will they knock $100 off the price, but they'll even throw in a free footrest if you use the promo code TOM. Just go to xchairtom.com now. I love my X-Chair, and you will too. So check out xchairtom, that's xchairtom.com. Check out xchairtom.com. And be sure to use THOM as the promo code for your $100 discount. Welcome back to the Tom Harvard program. It's Congressman Mark Pocan for our first hour, Middays with Mark. And uh, uh, you can Congressman Pocan's website, pocan.house.gov. You can tweet him at Rep Mark Pocan. Congressman, you're still with us? I am. From Wisconsin, which is a fine place to be from. Kate, and speaking of Wisconsin, Kate in Madison, Wisconsin, you are on the air with Congressman Pocan. Hi, Tom. Hi, Congressman. Thank you. Um, my question is, I, I received my uh, health insurance through the Affordable Care Act, and I do get tax credits in order to pay for that. And I'm wondering if you may know when uh, that would end, if it does in fact end. And I will uh, take my answer uh, off the air, and I appreciate everything both of you do. Thank you, Kate. Thanks. Sure, uh, Kate. So, I mean, I think, you know, you're definitely good for this year. And what happened in the tax bill really was getting rid of the individual mandate that required people to have it. And that's why they're estimating uh, a 13 million drop off and a 10 percent bump uh, in overall for everyone health insurance costs. So I think at this point, uh, there's nothing that's going to directly uh, affect that. Uh, and you should be absolutely fine for this year. But again, I would keep watching. They're in charge of everything if they decide to keep pushing uh, things in this. And just today, Donald Trump at his news conference said that this tax bill essentially got rid of Obamacare. So 
Um, we know what they want to do. We know what they've been trying to do all year. Uh, we just have to be very vigilant and continue watching. But, uh, you know, I myself am uh, am on the Affordable Care Act, uh, one of the few people in the country that's mandated to be on it. So, um, you know, we're watching it very closely, and uh, we're going to make sure we're going to do everything we can to make sure you continue to get that subsidy, and that isn't affected right now. Michael in St. Louis, Missouri, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Yes, hi, Tom. Hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. My wife and I received our Social Security benefit notification for 2018, in which our Medicare Part B withholding has increased 23%. This got me to thinking about 2018. Should there be uh, an effect from this tax bill that health insurance premiums go up for the middle class, the poor, as well as uh, beneficiaries uh, of Social Security and Medicare? What will happen will be the net effect would be a reduction in discretionary disposable income that will impact personal consumption expenditures. We won't be spending as much on the main drag causing perhaps a recession. Uh, I have anxiety over this. My question would be, if there is, and Paul Ryan wants to do that, he wants to cut our defined benefits. If there is such a bill in the Senate, will that require a 60-vote uh, threshold for closure, or will it just require a 51% you know, majority, simple majority. And if I could listen in, I'm not near a radio. Sure. Sure, uh, Michael, absolutely. Um, so first of all, let me just say you brought up a really, really good point. Even though they're saying that uh, someone who's making, I think, between fifty and 70000 might see $900 or so under this plan, as soon as you take 10% additional onto health insurance costs overall, a lot of that's going to be passed on to people. That little bit of savings every month is likely going to be going to people's co-pays. So uh, what, what little savings you may see in one place will be taken away in another, uh, and it's exactly what we've been saying, why this is a scam on the middle class and those aspiring to be in the middle class. Specifically, I believe um, only once a year they can do a budget reconciliation process where they can get away with the 51 vote. And because there's a fiscal effect, I believe, and I wish I could say it a little stronger, but I believe uh, that um, they would take 60 votes unless they do another budget reconciliation process once a year where they can do things uh, like that. I think they're going to have a lot more difficult time going after Social Security and Medicare because Doug Jones won. They now have two seats uh, that they can only – they can only two votes they can lose in the, from Republicans in the Senate, and that gives us a much better chance of holding back – uh, whatever they wanted to do, clearly they did, um, but it gives us a better chance to fight those back. Okay. Michael, thank you for the call. Rich in Cedro Woolley, Washington, you are on the air with Congressman Pocan. Yeah, good morning. With the uh, 2018 elections just around the corner, and in light of the uh, new tax bill here, I came up with a slogan I thought I'd run it by you. Uh, I think it's kind of catchy. It goes, uh, repeal and replace, except we have a replacement. <laughs> you like it? Except we have a replacement. You, you're talking about <laughs> Medicare for all? <laughs> no, I'm talking about the uh, tax bill. Oh, the tax bill. Okay, Congressman. Bill and replace. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I'll tell you what, what I found very interesting was seeing that the polling on the tax bill uh, is less popular than the Affordable Care Act was when that was passed. And we saw uh, what happened in 2010 um, off of that. So I keep looking at 2018 
you know, not just all the terrible stuff that the president's been doing, embarrassing to the country, uh, not just that, you know, they've kept going after people's health care and now have passed a bill that does go after health care and it's going to put more money into the hands of the top 1%. Uh, just that people, again, are getting this. I think we're in a good position if we just keep uh, organized and motivated for 2018. Uh, we can turn a lot of this around in the House and the Senate, potentially. Elizabeth in Grass, uh, Green Valley, Arizona. Excuse me, uh, Elizabeth, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Well, Happy New Year's. It's so nice to be able to talk to both of you. Um, I have um, one a suggestion I'd like to make. Like other callers, I've been frustrated by the lack of uh, news coverage of the Democrats' uh, policies. And I think the Democrats have to think out of the box. So just forget about calling a news conference. Just take out a full-page ad out of the New York Times and just write down what you're about, what you're going to do, or do a regular YouTube podcast. And that way, Democrats and lukewarm Republicans can look forward to when we can read or uh, see what the Democrats have to offer. Right now, it's a blackout. We have no idea. And I think that's why people who sit on the fence gravitate to the Republicans, because the Democrats aren't being forceful enough and putting out their point, and they're just doing it 19th century. Well, they're, they're also, Elizabeth, they're not getting on the media. I mean, Louise and I were watching uh, Morning Joe this morning, and, and it was like, I, I said, what was the last time an actual progressive was on this show? I mean, I, it's, I it's totally been a long, agree. long time. So, Elizabeth, let's let I, Congressman Pocan uh, respond to, to both of us here. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, I, and I agree with both of you. You know, I, I actually think um, the only difference I would have, Elizabeth, rather than an ad in the New York Times, I would say we really need to double down on social media and new media because that's how so many people are getting their news now, and yep. we just need to be far better at it. I, in my office, one of the things we've really focused on is doing more videos uh, because you can, again, through that video, express a lot more than even just the, you know, the, the attaching to an article is becoming kind of old-fashioned now, and we've got to keep coming up with new ways to get in front of people. But I, I agree, we can do it. It doesn't have to cost a lot of money because you can do it via social media, but we need to do a much better job because we're not getting that attention from the corporate media. Laura in Champaign, Illinois, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Hi, Congressman Pocan. Thank you for taking time off of your busy day to speak to us. Um, I have a couple of questions about Social Security. I'm 64, um, and I'm contemplating whether or not to get a Social Security um, next year or wait until I'm 67. And the reason is, is um, I wanted to know what you thought might happen um, do you think that the Republicans are going to take away our Social Security from the people who already have it, or are they going to um, leave the people who are already on it alone and then take it away from those who are um, waiting for it? Yeah, great question, Laura. Um, so <clears throat> a couple of things. Uh, I think, you know, if they had the ability to do whatever they wanted, uh, it would be across the board cuts in many areas um, when it comes to Social Security and Medicare. 
However, they don't have that much power. Because of Doug Jones winning, they only have a two-seat margin in the Senate if they want to do some of these things. And that makes it much tougher because there are some Republican senators that won't go uh, for this. So they could either just affect people in the future, which is one thing they've talked about uh, previously. Um, they, I have heard that they may go after the disability portion of Social Security because they think that some of the people who've been displaced um, from jobs going overseas uh, should somehow be working who are benefiting from that. Uh, they More likely it's the increase you get because uh, right now it's attached to CPI, which, you know, things like gas and other things affect you getting a lower increase rather than what seniors really put 25% of their income in, which is medicine. So you actually should have a bigger increase. So there's things like that that they could do, but I think it's going to be difficult given that Doug Jones election was very important. Now they only have two places, uh, two seats that they can, um, you know, have go the other way before they can do something. So this may be the highlight of what they've done, which is huge and devastating on the tax bill. But we just have to make sure we do everything we can to stop them and then look towards 2018 and then change the faces of the people representing us. Yeah, Congressman, 30 seconds. Uh, what do you think the chances are that that they're going to immediately, right after the first of the year, start screaming, oh, you know, we just we just ran up a one and a half trillion dollar debt. Uh, you know, added to the deficit, uh, we've got to uh, now, you know, at, at the very least, chain the CPI for Social Security or whatever. I mean, we've got to do something. Right? Yeah, and, you know, Marco Rubio and um, Chris, a bunch of them have already been saying this, right? All so right. They've been pretty transparent. Uh, so I, I think it's, you know, we've got to watch it and fight it for Doug Jones' seat is important. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Congressman Mark Pocan taking your calls for the hour. It's uh, Middays with Mark here on the Tom Hartman program. His website, pocan.house.gov. You can tweet him at rep, as in representative, R-E-P, Mark, M-A-R-K, pocan, P-O-C-A-N. Uh, on Twitter, say hi. We'll be back with more of your calls for Congressman Pocan right after this. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archives. Back with more of your calls for Congressman Pocan right after this. Welcome back, Congressman Mark Pocan, taking your calls for the first hour of our program here, Middays with Mark Marcia in Angier, North Carolina. You are on the air with Congressman Pocan. Hi, good morning, um, both of you. So, I, um, well, first of all, if you have some time, if you would take a look at something that I wrote, it's uh, at B as in boy, R as in Robert, B as in Victor, E as in Edward. US. It's the Bill of Rights for Voting Equality, and it includes some of the stuff you were just talking about. So my question is, when can things be changed regarding how the, uh, the, 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 the body, uh, the Congress body or the Senate body, how they operate? I would like to see bills taken in the order that they are written, not based on who's in the majority. I, I feel, and I would like to see some time limits on some of these things. I feel like Things just get out of hand and go on and on and on forever, and there's not a lot of work getting done for the money that people are being paid. Yeah, I, I hear you, Marcia. Um, I, I think it's unlikely that you'd see something where it's just as bills are written, that's how they're taken up, just because, you know, I've been doing this for uh, 20 
plus years, and it, it just it, it doesn't really work that way because sometimes things come up or crises or other things that that wouldn't happen. Having said that, there is something called regular order that Paul Ryan seems to be able to physically say but not do, um, which is where you actually have a process where members through committee processes vote on bills and send them to the floor, and actually you can have a wider uh, spectrum of issues debated and taken up. Um, we don't do that right now because the Tea Party holds uh, their caucus hostage. The defense hawks lately and their caucus have caused problems, and they have a completely dysfunctional body uh, that's run by Paul Ryan, who has decided that he's um, the puppy dog for the president rather than the Speaker of the House of Representatives. So uh, the problem is we have a failed leadership and a failed system by who's in charge right now. The best way we change that is changing the faces of those who represent us. Yeah, it's the election, stupid. Yep. Alex in uh, Edison, New Jersey. You are on the air with Congressman Pokian. Hello, Tom. Uh, hello, Congressman. Hello, Alex. Um, I am profoundly disappointed in the Democratic Party. With the bill to keep the government running and with the Republicans perpetually, some Republicans perpetually and eternally refusing to ever vote for such a bill, as the Republican-led government needs Democratic votes. This gives the Democratic Party leverage in the negotiation for that bill. And I think the cost for Democratic votes should be Democratic principles. If they should demand net neutrality or DACA or the restoration of SNAP and CHIP, whatever. And don't do it like Barack Obama. Start, you know, don't pre-negotiate your position. Um, surely the party in power would be blamed for the shutdown, but I don't know that for a fact. So why aren't Pelosi and Schumer making such demands of the Republicans? But more to the point is this. How can I trust the Democratic Party to fight without leverage if they're not going to fight with leverage? I'll take my question off. And again, big fan, Tom. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Does the, do, this, this raises another question, too, Congressman, yeah. and that is, do the Democrats actually have any leverage? I, you know, I get it in the Senate, you know, if the Republicans want to pass something without using reconciliation, that, you know, the filibuster can be used. But in the House, uh, I don't see where you guys have any leverage at all. Well, and that's where my point was. I mean, right now, they can pass anything without us. They just did it with the tax bill. They're doing it as so, we speak. Yeah. Yeah. So if they could just control their crazier wing, the Tea Party wing of their caucus, which they can sometimes by giving them red meat, which we would really hate. Uh, they can do it completely without us, except for in the Senate, where you have that rule and you've got a little more leverage. Um, however, uh, a lot of us have been advocating this. Uh, you know, I think DACA is the, the one that you know we've been promoting um, to say, look, uh, we shouldn't pat vote for anything in continuing resolution unless they give us that. Uh, the last one, I think it was in September, uh, we were able to hold back a lot of other bad things from moving ahead because we had this just few months process before they would need our votes again. So there was a little bit of leverage in that, but I, I, I do agree that we could get more if they decide they need our votes, but they just proved it with the tax bill that they don't always need our votes. And you're right, Tom, in the House especially, they don't necessarily need our votes, so we've got a little less leverage than maybe the Senate does. Yeah. Uh, Kathy in Crystal Lake, Illinois. Hey, Kathy, you're on the air with Congressman Pokian. Hi, Tom, Congressman. I'm very happy to speak with you. Um, my concern has been the fact that the Republicans have been able to ramrod this tax scam without any bipartisanship, with uh, it being wildly unpopular. Um, and I'm just wondering, I worry about the elections next year, because apparently they're going to get really drunk with 
their own sense of power. And that's frightening. And I don't know at this point, I don't trust anything the administration does or says. Uh, we could have a terrorist attack that could be manufactured by them. And all, all of a sudden, we have to call up the elections because of uh, suspending certain rights. Do you, has that ever popped into your mind in terms of that being a possibility? Well, you know, we, we know they always go back to fear when they need to try to coalesce. I, I am a silver lining person, Kathy, and uh, I'm looking at where the public support for this tax bill is. It's it's in the tank. Um, I'm looking at where the president's approval is. It's in the tank. I think, again, people are smarter than the Republicans think they are. What we need to do is make sure we keep people motivated enough to come out and vote. And as we saw in Alabama, Democrats did come out at a much higher percent than Republicans. A lot of Republicans are turned off uh, by this. Yes, they still have their 30, 35 percent base no matter what. But I am optimistic that we can uh, galvanize those who want to see our country do well, who don't like the direction, and still move forward. So, yes, there's always an opportunity for them to put fear out there and try to, you know, have something to, to scare people into to doing what they want. Right now, I think we're winning, and we just have to keep rolling on that. Congress, in the last 20 seconds, what should we be looking for in the coming weeks? You know, I think we'll get through this continuing resolution. We'll have uh, the holidays, and going back into January, uh, let's hope we come back, taking off the gloves, swinging, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that, uh, again, we can kind of build on the momentum. People are not happy with the direction the Republicans are taking us. Yeah, that's that, that certainly seems to be the case, other than over at, you know, the, the, uh, the Trump administration official television network, Fox News. Yeah. Uh, brilliant. Congressman Mark Pocan, pocan.house.gov, Rep. Mark Pocan on Twitter. Congressman, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, of course. Thank you, Tom. Great talking with you, and happy holidays. We'll see you after the first week, uh, or after Christmas. We'll be right back. Jeff in Bend, Oregon. Hey, Jeff, what's on your mind today? Oh, finally. Sorry hey, Jeff. After, uh, Helen, me out there. I was long gone. Seemed to be a few other people that got in there before I did. Then. Anyway, uh, I still remember why I called. Uh, the, uh, I was reading this New York uh, Times article a couple days ago, and... It, it was entitled, What's in the Final Republican Tax Bill? So I noticed there that the uh, standard deduction presently is 13000 but under the GOP it goes up to 24000 and that's supposed to make everybody happy. So that's an $11,000 increase in the standard deduction. But right. coupled with that is the elimination of personal exemptions, which are worth forty-one fifty per person right which, which in my mind means that if you have a, a couple with one kid those three 4150 personal exemptions would add up to uh, 12450 okay so they've increased the standard deduction 11,000 from 13 to 24 but they've eliminated the personal exemptions which means the minute you have one kid as a couple, you're behind. And if you have two or three or four kids, you're way behind. That's right. With the elimination elimination of all those four thousand dollar personal exemptions. So, I, I don't claim to be any expert on this, but is there some offsetting uh, that something offsetting here that I'm missing in terms no, of? No, not to the not to the best of my knowledge, Jeff. It, it, it looks to me 
And again, I mean, we're just now starting to see this legislation as uh, the Republicans who voted on it haven't even seen it. I mean, theoretically, they could have looked at it. But, you know, this was a, a thousand page bill that just came out two days ago. Um, but but it looks to me like any family who has two children, who has more than two children, who want to claim those those kids as as deductions, who want to claim deductions. More than one. Kids. More than one, according well, to the math I'm looking at. No, it, because because you got mom and dad. That's that's 24 grand right there. And then, and then the kid is not at all. Whereas it would have been mom, dad, and the kid, so it would have been eleven thousand plus fifty-four plus forty-five hundred plus forty-five hundred, right? Had a household, first dependent, second dependent. The forty-one fifty per exemption, forty-one fifty. That's exactly. Oh yeah, you're right. So, so with the with the head of household at eleven thousand, yeah, you're right. After the first kid, uh, you're 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 on the edge of being underwater, and with your second kid, you're definitely underwater. Well, the first the first kid you're underwater because mom and dad and the kid would add up to a total of twelve four fifty. They've increased the standard deduction from thirteen to twenty four. That's an eleven thousand dollar an eleven thousand dollar increase. Right. So you're behind. You're behind. At, you know, two point nine people or whatever you want to call it. I mean, basically, right. you know, once you're behind with more than one for sure so more than one kid like I said, unless i'm missing something here with you know these family credits or whatever that maybe they've been changed to to compensate for some of that loss of personal exemption not I that i know, know of Jeff. and this is uh, you know i mean this is uh, we were supposed to get a postcard to fill out to do our taxes right this is actually yeah. adding dramatically by a thousand pages adding to the complexity of the tax code jeff i got to so move on but thank you for the call uh, mark in Reistertown, Maryland. Do I have that right, Mark? Uh, no, actually, Carroll County. Okay. So what's on your uh, mind, Mark? How you doing? Uh, do you, can you tell me what the uh, Democratic Party stands for? Yeah, the Democratic stand, Party stands for working people in the United States. Okay, that's what the GOP just gave a tax credit to the working people in the American society. Really? Hello? Okay. Why I thought 83% of the GOT, okay, the benefits of the GOP tax bill went to the top 1%. So I mean, that's, that's what the Congressional Budget saying, Office is saying. Like the Democratic Party is always saying. The, re the Republican Party is acknowledging this, Mark. The Republican Party is acknowledging the fact that 83% of the benefits are going to the top. Mark, this isn't Fox News. When everybody. You know, I. Thank you, Sean. Uh, it's it's always difficult for me when people who watch a lot of Fox News call in. On Fox News, um, the conservative always wins because they will pot down the liberal. So people talk over each other. Talking over each other is, you know, a lousy way to do anything. But, you know, right-wing radio, Fox News, they do that. Um, generally speaking, other media don't do that. Mark, I'll let you talk. Please let me talk. Pop Mark back up again, please. So, Mark, are you, are you acknowledging what the Republicans are acknowledging, that 83% of the benefits of this are going to the top 1%, and they're saying that that's wonderful because that 1% is going to then use that 83% of the benefits, that, that roughly $4 trillion in extra money that they're getting, to, to add to your paycheck? 83%. Yeah. Okay, that's like saying 98% of the polls said Hillary Clinton was going to be president. Okay, your polls are left wing as far as this is not grow. a poll mark these this is this is the I, congressional yeah, budget yeah, office yeah. okay uh, you say what you want but watch what happens february when the american people get tax relieved on their paychecks 
Why don't you admit that? Because okay, anybody... I understand, you know, it goes, okay, the Democrats get all these donor funds from the elites and this and that. They have been running the Democratic Party for the last 50 years. Okay, the Democrats stand for greed, power, and corruption. Wow, that's amazing. Mark, you must watch a lot of Fox News. I'm astonished. Thanks for the call. We'll be back. You're listening to the Tom Hartman Program. Call 202-808-9925. It's always fascinating to hear from a genuine cult follower, you know, somebody who actually believes the lies that are being shoveled out by the billionaire class. Everybody's talking about superfoods, those nutritionally dense foods that are especially beneficial to your health. Did you know that one of the most powerful superfoods you can put into your body is beets? They're loaded with an important nutrient that increases your blood flow, which increases your energy. But who wants to eat a pile of beets every day? Not me. But now you can get the energy benefits of beets in a powerful, concentrated superfood drink, Super Beets. Only Super Beets is made from beets grown to exacting standards, then concentrated into superfood crystals. Super Beets promotes the body's own natural ability to produce healthier circulation for increased energy and stamina all day long. So if you want the benefits of a powerful superfood, call 800-568-9889 or go to tomsbeets.com. With your first order, get another 30-day supply of Super Beats for free, plus indicator strips to see how Super Beats is working for you, and free shipping. So call 800-568-9889 or go to tomsbeats.com today. That's 800-568-9889, tomsbeats.com on the interwebs. Welcome back. Tom Hartman here with you and... Tom in Media, Pennsylvania. Hey, Tom, what's on your mind today? Oh, how you doing, Tom? I'm enjoying your program today. Thank you. Uh, I think when you hear all this, this this horrible stuff and all this great stuff that's said between both parties about this tax plan, to me, you really can't figure out how it's going to affect one individually until you do the, the, the calculations yourself. Now, my wife and I, we are just retired, and uh, we... We would have, last year, we paid, when we were retired, about uh, $16,000 in taxes, which is a significant amount. And under this tax plan, we will pay about 13900 Now, that's $2,100 more per year into our pocket for, for at least uh, five or six years. And since a lot of times, a lot of people were accused of being voting against their own self-interest uh, for Republicans, and and not voting for Democrats, I think, in my own, if you would say self-interest, and I'm sure there's many like me because 70% of the people in this country don't itemize. I think people, a lot of people are going to be very pleasantly surprised to see uh, how their taxes are going to decrease. You know, not, you know, even, even if millionaires or whatever get more, when it comes to the household, there's going to be more money. Well, in particular, for people who are making over 150000 bucks a year and no longer have to pay an alternative minimum tax, how much how much income were you paying $16,000 in taxes on? It was about 132000 for both of us. And that was uh, all wage income? Uh, just wage is, uh, I guess we have retirement income that's in there that's, that's really not taxed too much, but most of it was, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I mean, you know, at, at over one hundred and thirty thousand bucks, you're you're above the the median household. You're at about six times the average individual income. So yeah, I, I, well, that I don't. Be, that would be three times the average because we're we, this is a two people's incomes now. 
right. household income. Right. And yeah. So your your household households or single. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. You know your average household income I'm, in the United I'm States. I'm upper middle class. I, you, I would be considered upper middle class. Yes, I agree. Right? I agree. Yeah. And okay. and there are a lot of upper middle class people who are going to see at least over a few years until the tax breaks for for working people expire, which they will expire. This this the this Republican tax plan, um, you know, only makes permanent the tax cuts for billionaires and big corporations. Uh, yeah, exactly. so, right. some people, particularly particularly the upper middle class, as I said, I, you know, I'm 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 a business owner. I'm looking at you know how can I scam the government out of out of uh, income by by doing a pass through. I'm actually I don't think it's even going to be possible. But and if it was possible, you know, then you get this kind of moral conundrum of okay, do I do the thing? That, well, of course you do. You know, you, you, nobody likes paying taxes, but there there should be the question that we should be asking ourselves, Tom, is not. Is, is, is Tom, who's retired and making 130000 bucks a year, um, which seems like a kind of a contradiction, but nonetheless, is Tom going to make out well, or is our country going to make out well? We are adding $1.5 trillion to our debt. We are moving $3.5 trillion from the bottom 80% to the top 1% over a 10-year period, a total of $5 trillion in wealth that's going to move from a, a trillion and a half of it borrowed, Three and a half trillion of it literally taken from from you and me, from from the class of people who make less than a million dollars a year and given to the class of people who make more than a million dollars a year. And over a four or five year period, they're going to throw you a two thousand dollar a year bone, Tom. And I'm guessing you're not dumb enough to say, oh, isn't that wonderful? Well, what I'm saying is this. The Affordable Care Act also added trillions to the debt. And also, since I'm a union guy who had good insurance, that would have uh, put a nasty Cadillac tax on me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm satisfied with the, perhaps the way that things are going now. Why is it that a lot of the Democrats weren't particularly concerned about the debt that this would have put on the, the Affordable Care Act? Tom, the Affordable on? Care Act is passed concern- by reconciliation. It could not have added to the debt or it couldn't have been passed that way. The Affordable Care Act did not contribute to the debt. The Affordable Care Act slowed down the rate of the increase in health insurance expenses. Now, I'd much rather see Medicare for all. But, you know, uh, apparently what you're saying to me, Tom, is give me $2,000 a year for five or six years and then take it away because, hey, I'm retired. I might even be dead then. And I'll be happy uh, with you basically turning the rest of the country and all of our wealth over to the the billionaire class. You know, another 12, 13,000 people losing their health insurance, 9,000 children thrown off the CHIP program, Uh, you know, further wage stagnation for average working people. Because, you know, I'm going to get 2000 bucks a year. That seems to well, me like, sounds, a, like a really lousy, this sounds, this sounds, this uh, sounds really like lousy moral and political and economic position, Tom. Respectfully. Well, this sounds like chicken little to me for all this is going to happen. Every time the Republicans make a tax cut, the Democrats scream that the, the world's going to end. And it, and it, it did. It hasn't happened. The tax, cut, the tax cuts of 2001, 2002, and 2003 led right to the crash of 2007. The tax cuts of 1981, 83, and 86 led right to the, to the, the great crash of 1987. The tax cuts of 1921, I laid this out an hour ago. The tax cuts of 1921 superheated the economy to the point that you had the great crash of 1929. Tax cuts create speculative bubbles. And uh, this is absolute history. Tom, if you look at the history of the United States and if you overlay tax rates on people who make more than $3 million in today's income, if you overlay that with 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 the rate of growth of income for working people, what you find is that when the top tax rate is above 50%, the American economy is healthiest. And the lower that top tax rate goes, the more inequality you get, 
the more working people are whacked and the, and, the, and the more the rich get insanely rich. And that's what's going on. Tom, thank you for the call. Larry, watching Free Speech TV in Ogden, Utah. Hey, Larry, what's on your mind today? I was wondering if, if you just if the government was to completely get rid of itemization and taxes, both because Democrats have their special interests and Republicans have their special interests, and it's just rearranging the chairs every four or so years. So if you just eliminated all of the itemization and said, look, you're paying 13, 14, 15, 16 percent based on your, on your income, that's it. So all these lobbyists that are out there pushing their special interests to create loopholes and create a, a tax mess in this country. Right. So, and both parties are guilty of doing it. So There's, we just go round and round and round like we've been doing forever yeah. because of because of lobbyists. Well, and there, there's actually a little deeper than that, Larry. It's that tax policy does two things. Taxes do two things. The first is the one that everybody understands. They raise revenue to pay for the functions of government. But the second, most people never even think of. And that is that tax policy is one of the major alterers, changers, of personal and corporate behavior. People do things to avoid paying taxes or, or to cause other people to pay taxes and not them or whatever, to shift tax responsibilities all the time. I mean, you know, business decisions are made, you know, can, how quickly can we deduct this equipment? Should we buy it or not? Should we lease it or not? Um, you know, should I buy this home? Do I get a tax benefit from it? it, it should, or, or should I rent? You know, the, we give a clear tax benefit to people who own homes rather than rent homes, for example. So an awful lot of tax, an awful lot of the tax code, in fact, I'd say probably 95% of the complexity of the tax code is because somebody made the sales pitch to a majority of legislators that this particular addition to the tax code will be, will, will inure some benefit to the country. You know, that if we raise taxes on alcohol, we're going to have fewer drunk drivers and fewer dead people. If you raise taxes on cigarettes, you're going to have fewer kids who start smoking who end up with cancer in their 50s, um, you know, et cetera. There's all these, and, and those are the obvious ones. There's a million subtle ones. And in the business field, there's, there's you know, this army of lobbyists saying, well, yeah, you know, we need to have the uh, oil depletion allowance to encourage, uh, you know, ex exploration for new energy. Well, maybe that was true in 1890. It's certainly not true today. But we still have the oil depletion allowance. So an awful lot of the stuff that's in the tax code is archaic. You know, it's, it's stuff that arguably made sense at some point in the past, but no longer does. And that's what Jack Kennedy was talking about, cutting the loopholes, doing away with that stuff. And, and you know, the, 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 he was talking about doing away with the, the four martini lunch back in 1960. Well, that was something that was put on the books by the hospitality industry. The restaurants wanted people to be able to deduct the cost of business meals. Um, you know, what other possible rationalization would you have? Well, you know, business people need to get together. They don't need to get together and eat, uh, but that's on the books. So that's what's going on, Larry. And, and what you have are dueling visions of what people's behavior should be. You know, do we want to incentivize people to, 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 uh, to keep, uh, to get and keep as much money as possible and just, you know, become a billionaire and then a 10 billionaire and then a 100 billionaire? Or do we want to encourage people to participate with their society? Do we want to say that, that, that you know, our tax code is here to try to make, you know, life better and more fair for everybody in America? And those are the, basically, the contrasting, respectively, Republican and Democratic positions on taxes. And we have to consider that. Larry, thanks for the call. Excellent point.
um, but we, you really have to drill a little deeper to understand the whole thing. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Paul in Evansville, Indiana. Hey, Paul, what's on your mind today? Uh, you know what? I'm thinking that unless the DNC comes with a whole regime change, I think that they're, with the, after, the, after the Republicans was able to pass this tax bill, that was, what Trump is able to be, have done more um, in 200 days than Barack has ever done in eight years, I think it's ridiculous. I think that this thing is, is, is I think by far, you know, me, as I've been voting for Democratic Party for 20 years. And, you know, I'm a pro uh, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders. I do like I do like what the governor of California has been doing with his state. But but they just got their they, they, they just got the Democratic Party just got their behinds uh, whipped by this situation. Really? And, and, and so with them passing the because they've been they've been losing every single election cycle, every single election cycle, every single election cycle. And and I'm just basically. And especially after Donna Brazil said the, how, how, to, how Hillary financed the DNC, I think I, me personally, um, because especially people that that are like at least in their forties and younger, they were all pro Bernie people and Elizabeth Warren people, yeah. and so what's been was so been, Paul, you know, Paul, that, if, they, if, if if I may interrupt you. Uh, I get your cons- your your uh, your unhappiness with the Democratic Party. My question to you is, what are you going to do about it? You know what? I, I don't know. I, I don't know at this point, you know, because I don't want I, I Why not I show up at the DNC in Evansville, Indiana, or Illinois, Indiana, excuse me, you're in Evansville. Why not? Why not go to your local Democratic Party and say, I'd like to be part of this thing and I'd like to I'd like to have a hand in fixing this damn thing. But the problem is, is that we don't know how. You, all you have There's to do is no show difference. up, Paul. Uh, political power genuinely does flow from the bottom up. And, uh, you know, this is, this is how the Republican Party got to where they are right now. Back in 2007, 2008, they were passing out these, these videos. You can still watch them on YouTube uh, from the Concord Project, I think it was called, where they were talking about the most powerful politician in America you've probably never heard of. It's your local precinct committee person. The precinct committee people in the political parties are the ones who decide two really important things. Number one, what the platform of the party is going to be. In other words, the positions the party is going to take. And number two, who gets to run in a primary. And so what they, what they said to all these Republicans, and hundreds of thousands of these videos went out to be on DVDs and things. What they said to these Republicans was, get in there, become a precinct committee person in the Republican Party, and then make sure that your local party only chooses Tea Partiers to run in the primaries. So if you have five people running in the primary, all five of them are Tea Partiers, it doesn't matter who gets elected to be the nominee of the Republican Party, it's going to be a Tea Partier. And they did this in 2008 and 2010, and it was so successful, they took over the Republican Party to the extent that the billionaires were then able to bring in these, these data analytical ter- uh, firms and, and, and come up with ways to redraw congressional districts as a result of the 2010 census. And this opportunity is going to happen again in four years or in three years in 2020. Every 10 years, every year that ends with a zero, we do a census and we rewrite our congressional districts. And they, they literally, they took over the, and this was just, you know, the Tea Party, I mean, the Koch Brothers Project, right? They took over the Republican Party or the Koch Network Project, took over the Republican Party and brought us well, to well, where Tom, we are Tom, right now. I, I kind of disagree with you on that. 
because when when, when, they, when the Republicans said it came after Acorn and Acorn was 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 uh, proved to be legitimate, they the, the, the DNC never sat there and reinstated Acorn. They never did, and because of that, it led to this. And when when the president Obama said that he gonna basically fix the voting issue. They never did. They never did. None of this. Stuff. Right. This is why I'm saying, Paul, it, it, the, the problem, you know, if you're con if you're concerned that the Democratic Party isn't sufficiently proactive or progressive, get inside it and be the force that pushes it in that direction. Calling a talk show and, and complaining about a political party accomplishes very little. Showing up and 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 being a voice inside the party you can do an awful lot. I mean, you, you, uh, we've had a number of people call who have done exactly what I'm talking about. They've become precinct committee persons or, or just joined their local party. And, and literally every month they get to sit down with their elected representatives. They get to sit down with their senators. They, their voice is a thousand times louder than the voice of the average voter. That could be your voice, Paul. Please get involved. Paul, I got to move along, but thank you for the call. Dave in Federal Way, Washington. Dave, what's on your mind today? Yeah, hey, Tom, I had a question, um, but my, my starting premise might be wrong. I don't believe that the Republicans see this as a prosperity plan. I kind of think they believe it's a uh, stopgap measure, I mean, regardless of what they say. And I think, you know, in the, in the recent years, the quantitative easing and in Euro, the Eurozone, they had the austerity plan. I think those were stopgap measures as well. But my question is, if my premise is correct, do you think that this plan won't work even as a stopgap measure and it might uh, cause like the economy to go into a real arrest? Yes. Or this, okay. Yes, I believe that to be the case. And the other thing that you need to know is that the main, the main uh, motivation, the main driving force between behind this GOP tax scam is twofold. One, one part of it, of course, is you know, let's give the donors who gave us billions of dollars to get us elected and give us economic and political power, let's give them trillions of dollars in return. Let's give them a $5 trillion return on their multi-billion dollar investment, number one. But more importantly, number two, let's throw the country so deeply in debt that we can use that indebtedness to justify destroying what remains of the programs of Lyndon Johnson's Great Society and Franklin Roosevelt's New Deal. Because that has been the Republican goal since Social Security was passed in 1935. Ever since the Democrats came to power in 1933 with the FDR presidency, the goal of the, uh, the, goal of the Republican Party has been to destroy all these programs that they consider to be socialist or communist, right? These programs that help people rather than just the rich or just the corporations. And, and they're still working on that, and this is their plan. And you will see it played out over the next, probably the next month, certainly after the first of the year. You're gonna hear Republicans going, we can't afford the Children's Health Insurance Program. We can't afford Medicare. We can't afford Social Security. And they're gonna use this as an excuse to start chaining CPIs and cutting these programs. Get out there, get active, tag your ends. Right? We gotta get active, show up. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.